Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the All Stats Aren't We review of the West Ham home game. I'm Darren Driver, one of the two good moments of the whole evening that will paper over the cracks of everything else. And I'm here with Martin Riley, the second of two good moments of the whole evening that will paper over the cracks of everything else. Martin, how you doing, brother? Um, I've, I've been better. Um, I was looking forward to having a nice takeaway pizza tonight to cheer me up. Um, after some dodgy football and also some upsetting stuff with Clicky going, so mm. I was looking forward to a nice piece of cheer me up. Food always does that for me, but this time, this time it didn't. It was late. It was cold. It was burnt. It was poor. Mm. <laughs> so it hasn't cheered me up, and it's done the precise opposite. So yes, but other than that, I'm, I'm doing all right. That is a shame. Does does the pizza delivery guy need to to work with more commitment, more confidence? Um, yeah, it does. You know, go at it, really go at it, really go at it. Get that pizza there on time with proper more commitment. aggression. More, more aggression. aggression. He needs to deliver it with more aggression, doesn't he? Yeah, that's yeah, if, right. If, that's if, right. If, he, if he did that with more passion and more aggression, it would have been got got to me on time. It would have at least been warm. It would have Absolutely. still been burnt, but it would have been warm. Well, the prob the problem is, is he waited until the pizza went cold before he started yeah. delivering it to his full potential, didn't he? In, indeed, indeed, <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, good. Uh, I'm glad we got that out of the way early. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, did you uh, enjoy the game, Martin, the West Ham game? Uh, on live viewing, no. Um, I thought there was a lot of it which didn't go well. He said, Look, I think I was maybe just a bit too into the game and in a bit of a negative headspace. But on rewatch, mm. it wasn't quite as bad as live watching. Don't get me wrong, there was still a lot of bad in it, but there was also more good than I remembered. So, mm. mixed bag from live and the rewatch. Mm. Well, unfortunately, I um, went to bed after the game last night. I've worked from eight until six. Then I made dinner for me and my wife, and, and then I've just taken the dog out for a walk, and now I'm here doing this. So unfortunately, I haven't <laughs> had chance to, <laughs> to watch the uh, no, to watch the, watch the game back. So I'm still in the negative headspace that I was in at full time, um, which will which will surprise 
absolutely nobody. Um, <laughs> a- anyway, with that, let's go into a quick game summary of the, the West Ham game. So West Ham set up in their, their 4-3-3 and Leeds set up in a 4-2-3-1, 4-2-2, the usual kind of hybrid in possession. And it morphed into a 4-3-3 off the ball with um, Crescencio Somerville dropping into the left uh, of the of the midfield three um, and Rocker pushing out to the right and Adams holding the central space. Um, the first half did not have much in the way of quality uh, for either team. Um, Leeds started with energy and commitment and passion and, and all that stuff, but were unable to convert territory or energy or commitment or passion into uh, chances or shots. Um, Leeds did take the lead, however, with their first shot of the first half at around 30 minutes with a brilliant Willie Nyonto goal um, before West Ham equalised right on half-time uh, through a penalty, uh, which made a spell of pressure and pressing for them at payoff. Uh, West Ham then scored immediately on the resumption after some sloppy play from Leeds in, in the build-up phase. And, and Leeds again managed to punctuate a spell without much threat by scoring an unexpected and probably undeserved um, equaliser, which then built to a spell of Leeds pressure, um, the high point of which was a, a missed big chance by Liam Cooper. And then there was... Uh, it wouldn't be a missed chance for Antonio, would it? Because he didn't get a shot off... But but it was a bit a, a mischance by any any definition that West Ham failed to convert right at the end of the game, and I would say that all in all, in a fairly low quality crash bang wallop sort of exciting <laughs> exciting game, if that's the kind of football you like, um, a draw felt like it was just about the right result. How do you read that, Martin? Yeah, I do think a draw is probably a fair result, all things considered. Mm. Um, I, I do think that we did manage to limit um West Ham to low quality chances um, mm. especially in the second half we did pretty well off the ball I, I felt but at the same time I don't think West Ham were really going for it that much after they after they went ahead and it went to 2-1 yeah. they really they really sat back a lot and hand, handed us control of the game um thinking that we wouldn't be able to create a whole lot and that's a probably safe bet on most games it <laughs> is, it is. But yeah. there's always these little moments which, and Rodrigo has had a habit of having those moments this season where he just pulls those finishes out of his mm. bag. And mm. it was a cracking finish. I, I, no, it was, it was, yeah. it was a cracking finish. And, yeah. and, and of course it came right on the end of a spell where I'd just been shouting about how much I hate Rodrigo. Um, which, um, and then, and then he obviously every single time this season that I've got into that headspace, he's gone and scored, uh, gone and scored a goal. So I think he's doing it. Because he's worked out the most effective way to annoy me, um, and <laughs> then so let's move into the um, interrogation. Um, so yeah, it's normally five questions, but because we're not previewing uh, a fixture at the end, uh, because cup football is not real football, um, I've added a few additional listener questions in uh, that I thought were interesting. So um, let's start with our review um, before we get into the West Ham uh, review, Martin. Question one. Is there anything worth talking about from the Newcastle game or shall we just forget it happened and get on with our lives? 
Uh, well, I wish I could forget it, to be honest. Um, mm. I even subjected myself to rewatching that today as well. So, oh, I've, so I, yeah, I had to just make sure there was nothing I missed because I, I felt so different on the sec- on the rewatch of the West Ham game. I figured, oh, maybe there's something I can glean out of the, of the Newcastle game. Got to be something. And no, it was as painful as I remember uh, live viewing. Um, okay. There's just a couple of stats which I want to pull out which demonstrate just how little we were able to get our passing game going in that game. I'm not mm-hmm. as, as well as our passing game normally is mm-hmm. it was worse than it normally is first of all from the back I don't know what we were doing with um, distribution from Melier but it was dreadful in that game he attempted 37 long passes and only 4 of those were completed yeah, so I no- <laughs> I noticed in that game that Newcastle yeah. had a very particular tactic when the ball was passed back to Melier which was have 3 big fuckers running at him um, and that was yeah. that was uh, that was effective yeah, <laughs> he looked. Yeah, I agree. His distribution was terrible uh, in that game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not just that. Um, in the outfield part, uh, the we attempted the least passes of the season so far. We only attempted three hundred twenty-seven, mm-hmm. as well as the second lowest pass completion um, as a team so far. We've only sixty-four point eight percent completed. Wow. So it's sort of a woeful game for not hitting our passes right. Um, yeah. But Newcastle's do deserve some credit because their press was good. Yeah. Um, and we'll give them a little, some credits for that. Mm. And on top of that, just no progression, least progressive passes that we've made this season as a team, at least final third passes as a team. I could, I could go on more, but mm. you, get, you get the picture. It wasn't <laughs> good. Well, well, Martin, thank you because that... Um... That little statistical review of the Newcastle Leeds game was definitely more entertaining than anything that happened uh, on the field. So well done, well done. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> no problem at all. Um, okay, let's move on to the West Ham game. So, uh, Martin, how do you um, assess our defensive performance in this game? Uh, we felt really vulnerable to me to to direct play and in wide areas. Um, how did you see it? I think pretty, pretty spot on. I was going to say that West Ham had a clear focus of getting it down our flanks um, as quickly as they could when they won the ball and trying to get a cross into uh, Skamaka, who is uh, a danger from pretty much most circumstances. He's a very good player. I was a big fan of his and I was gutted when he went to um, them. <laughs> but either way, um, yes, they were able to take advantage of our weakness, which is the wide areas, and mm. they were able to carefully move it over to the wide areas, which I did um, say they would probably do on the preview of, of, of this. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> it was a tough game for us to defend, but we did actually limit them of not having very many open play chances, but I think that is as much to do with them being poor as a team as yeah. it is, is as us defending well as a team because yeah. they didn't make the most of the chances that they had and they let them fall to the to the wayside and could have done a lot more with what they had if they were more efficient yeah they've they did get into a lot of really good positions and and didn't really take advantage of them and and i, I know that's something that we say about leeds all the time and i suppose it's indicative mm-hmm. of a team in our you know in in this kind of region of the table isn't it is it is it probably it indicates that 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 there isn't the quality or the tactical plan, uh, you know, one or the other or both, um, mm. to to kind of turn those turn those territorial positions into into good chances. And you know, it did feel to me like West Ham were dangerous and were able to get through into good positions really regularly, but just not really not able to take advantage of it. Um, yeah. So I, I guess the, the, the one of the questions for me is, and I don't really want to talk about our 
our deep build up, our first phase build up, because I think we will, there is a separate question about that. But how much does our inability to control the ball and control the game in advanced areas make us vulnerable to these sort of attacks? Do you think, Martin? It definitely does uh, fall into it, um, because if you're not able to construct attacks well, especially when you're in the transition between defence and attack, mm. it will naturally lead you to giving away chances where your team team is out of shape, you don't have your rest defence set up, and it's just easy to quickly get into the wide areas where we're vulnerable. And that's something which um, they did do well, especially in the first half when they were trying to go for it more. Um, like I already alluded to earlier, then the second half there wasn't as much effort from them to, to really go for it. They mm. were hoping to sit back, maybe catch us on the, on the counter a few times. But yeah, the, if we can't, if we're not able to sustain play and stop them from winning the ball back as easily as they did, because some they did that time, they did press very high, and I think that is probably I think they're the game they've pressed down the most this season. Um, mm. I think I saw something earlier about their PPDA being um, the lowest it's been this season so far. So they had a clear tactic to play us at our own game, and it had a clear impact. Mm. And, and as you say, this this is the second time in three games <clears throat> where we've given away a, a bad goal through poor build up. And I guess mm-hmm. I guess my pl- my question with that is: is that because we've got bad players, or is it because we've got bad build up structures? Um, I think it's a little of both, but I would I would put it more on the build up structure itself than mm. the players, uh, especially with the way it's set up for us to have quite a high line and mm. well, a very high line at times, and not having defenders with recovery pace um, will always exacerbate that problem into making making a bigger problem. Mm. Because if we had those better players who did have recovery pace, then we were maybe able to do better, but um, a coach is meant to take into account the strengths of his team and try to not <laughs> expose their weaknesses, which doesn't help us at all. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I guess that given that our attack isn't based on intricate and patient build-up, I guess it surprises me that we're so vulnerable to being caught in those first phases and, and in that in that really early build-up. So What's going on there? Why why are we being caught so regularly in those deeper areas when actually build up an intricate build up isn't isn't really supposed to be a feature of our game at all? No, usually if you find that teams um, like Man City and other teams like who prefer to keep hold of the ball in deeper areas and so will we'll look to be more ambitious in those deeper areas, will be more vulnerable to these mm. the high press that was employed by West Ham. Um, but because our Pressing, so not pressing, sorry, passing patterns are so predictable. Uh, we will always look for a central option. If if they can keep players around our central options, make it more difficult for us to find those balls, it will automatically mean that we are turning the ball over more. Because the first thing we look for in the deeper areas is the diagonal pass from outside to in, looking for the central spaces. And mm. that is made too difficult for us when teams know about that which is easy to predict when you have more variation in the way you do look for these chances if you if you're playing it wide if you're hitting diagonals it does keep the opponent guessing as to where they have to press and to Mm. to make our life most difficult and yeah that that really didn't work well for us Mm. yesterday because the, the the goal that we gave away at the start of the second half wasn't the only time by any stretch of the imagination that we were so that we were as vulnerable um, in that area was it there were there were a number of occasions when we either very nearly gave the ball away in, in, in a really dangerous way or actually did do yeah, um, yeah exactly 
exactly. And, and even just before that, when when Aronson did give the ball away and, and Marcus scored, um, there was another moment just before it. We ended up winning a foul from it, mm. Um, mm. but it quite it quite easily could have um, been um, the ball could have been won fairly, and they would have had a chance then. So, yeah, it's it's a it's not 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 what you want to see, especially when we're trying to go along as much as we do. We mm. shouldn't we shouldn't be caught out this often in the, the early build up phase and allowed to give these chances away. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Mm, for sure. And question four, if you were to watch just the goals from this game, which were the Leeds goals, which were both great and quite similar to look at, actually. So um, you might think that we were an exciting team to watch with a clear plan for attack and repeatable attack in play. Is that how it feels to you when you watched it, Martin? Live? No. <laughs> I really didn't like most of what we did live. It wasn't quite like I said before. It wasn't quite as bad um, on the rewatch, but it was still charring for us to to make these moments and re- making them repeatable. Um, but most of it did come through individual moments of brilliance from a few a few players who did do well mm. in attacking areas, uh, especially our boy Willie Nonto. Um, so yeah. which I'm sure we'll be speaking more about that lovely boy. But yes. It's, it's I don't know what to say out there to add to that really it's frustrating when we can score goals like that it's just the chances don't come off and that's what we want them to well it, it's because it feels to me I guess that, that we're really really reliant on, on individuals having moments uh, and, 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 and vibes and that, that really there, there isn't a coherent like attacking attacking plan you know, in in that in that top third, it is really just about get the ball to um, get the ball to Nyonto, get the ball to Somerville, get the ball to Aronson to a lesser degree. Let them run direct and see what problems they can cause. Maybe maybe the occasional one-two or a bit of like neat interplay from there, and then sort of see what happens. It all it all feels very. Let's have some decent players on the pitch and cross our fingers and hope for the best. Yeah, to me. just like get on there and show what you're about, lads. That kind of mentality. Yeah, and in a way, that is the kind of thing that Marsh does want. I think um, in, mm. in attacking areas, um, there's not obviously we, we've been used to certain patterns of play under Bielsa before, where things do look similar in areas. We've had some managers try to say that it's scripted and all that, and there was a lot of variation in what we would look to do, and because. Because this isn't 
that way it's, a t- it's the opposite it's more just giving the reins to our fun players and saying let's just have fun just um, do this do that put it in central areas see what happens make the best of what you can that it, it feels very very vibesy <laughs> and like I said it could well be that is some some part of what Marsh wants he wants his players mm. to play in that manner um, mm. and maybe it just doesn't gel with us I'm not sure I'm not sure but that's just the way I view it well, it definitely doesn't gel with me. Um, <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I suppose. I suppose the issue for me is that that if you've got like like if, basically at the moment, if Willian Yonto is injured, we'd be stuffed, right? And um, because because what happened, what doesn't happen at the moment is that when a player either has a poor game or they're injured or they're out of the team for whatever reason, the system doesn't rescue them doesn't rescue the team doesn't create chances inherently on its own it's all about it's all about individual skill and flair in those attacking moments um and that that's the worry for me is that that say say defenses work out how to how to manage nonto's threat effectively which they will they will eventually um just like they have with every other you know attacking player b- below the 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 very top players mm-hmm. th- then those players that we've got to a degree are going to be taken out of the game and we're going to have to find another way. And, and it doesn't feel like we've got another way at the moment. And and I, get, I guess the thing for me is that, that although I wasn't hugely enjoying things, you know, at the start of the season in the Wolves game and in, and, and in the Southampton game and in some of the other early games of the season, it felt to me like I could see, um, I could see the attacking structure that Marsh would want, which would be about that get the ball into attacking areas, crowd round it, you know, do all that sort of stuff. Uh, all go together, you know, that counter-press piece, the getting on the second balls, all that sort of stuff. It feels to me at the moment that we're not really doing that, that what we're doing is we're trying to keep a really solid defensive structure and letting two or three players attack. Um, and and that that doesn't feel satisfactory to me. I don't know about you, Martin. Oh, I'd, I'd agree. Uh, it's kind of not going... Uh, it's trying to say that you're not going all out, but you want to at the same time. I, that, that probably mm. phrased that awfully. Uh, but yeah, well, well, when you have the same players trying to do the same things, it, it, it will come off, and it quite often did with Willie because he is v- very fun and mm. he's good at doing what he does. Um, but like I said, if they, if our opponents figured out a way to stop what he does best, then then mm. it would limit what we're able to do with the ball. And like you say, at the start of the season. Um, I kind of agree with what you're saying, but I also think it's been pretty much largely the same. Um, it's it's possible that because we hadn't watched too much for a while and was getting back used to what Marsh wants to do, that it kind of looked more coherent than it actually was. And mm. as the season's gone on, we've seen the same thing time and time again. It, it's the same thing that it, yeah. it looks like it's not as good as what it was, but it's still just the same. It's just without used to it, it's not surprising us anymore. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll have to have a think about that. I'll have to have a think about that. Um, what did you make about Marsh's comments, which I referred to at the start um, about bravery and not starting to play to their potential until until two two? Um, why does he always talk about like non tangible emotional things and never about like you know structure and tactics and stuff that that's interesting to think about? Because <laughs> if you forced me to say this now, because that's all he knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <sighs> it's it's just so many of these platitudes which managers fall into time and time again, which we've seen from managers since 
well, since football Im- immemorable. It's, it's been mm-hmm. about those intangibles and not playing bravely and not playing with the potential, like you said, what Marsh said. It's, it's We did the same thing for most of the game. It's just some, towards the end of the game, it started coming off a, a little bit more. Um, because West Ham was sitting back a bit more, it was. So is 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 that our old friend Game State making another appearance there, Martin? Uh, yep, Game State Clarkson. <laughs> Indeed, yep. those these sort of things are proven in games that when oppositions make changes, it will change the way the other team plays. And because West Ham weren't pressing that as us as much, we were able to take more of a foothold in the game, and that is why um, mm. we were able to play with more potential. With more bravery mm. when when it did go get into the later stages of the game. Mm. So yeah, I I agree that they, they did give us more space and more time on the ball. Didn't press us. Didn't press our deeper players. Maybe allowed uh, Ailing to get more involved uh, in advanced yes, areas. Um, exactly, Ailing. I really yeah. I really really like what Ailing did in the second half. Some things that were mm. just reminiscent of his time under Bielsa, just little bits he was doing. He was making use of, of wide areas more than what we used to, which on the rewatch I, I spotted more um, because I was looking out for it to see what Ailing, Ailing was doing. Because I, knew, I mm. knew I was happy with what he was doing during the game, but I, but since it goes at 100 miles an hour at a time, you don't always have a chance to really see what it is until you, mm. until you get it on the rewatch and you focus on one particular area. But you were seeing um, him moving gradually over to the far side when we were in possession on the left, uh, just slowly m- making that space and making those runs that we used to see him do time and time again under Bielsa. And mm. if we can have a player who will use the space that will naturally come when most of our players are compressed, if we can make use of that space. Um, <sighs> but we'll have to see if that is something which Marsh does look to look at. Because if I can see how effective that space was, surely he must be able to. I'm I'm no expert. <laughs> well, I'm just a guy who likes football. <laughs> yeah, same here, mate. Same here, mate. Okay, let's um, let's have a look at a couple of uh, a couple of wider questions. Um, so Jackie Buckets asked, um, just curious if you think there's been any improvement since Marsh's first game at Leicester. Um, being been here coming up on a year now, and outside of his powerpoints, I'm not sure. I'd say I know what he's trying to do, and that's from our friend Jackie Buckets. What do you make of this question, Mark? There has been improvements in getting towards what Marsh wants. Um, I'm not saying it's an improvement I've enjoyed, um, but obviously since Leicester, it was a weird mishmash between what he wants to do and what the team were ingrained to do under Bielsa. So mm. I think there has been clear changes in what has happened in, in games and we are seeing a lot more of the central balls than what, what we were used to last last year under Marsh. Mm. So I, mm. I do think there has been changes. To, um, I, I wouldn't say improvements like uh, Jackie says there. I would more say it's just more changes than improvements. Um, it, it's different, yeah. not better. Yeah, different, yeah. Or, or maybe I could say it's worse, not better, if I, if, if you really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 but it's definitely closer to what Mars wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair. Um, and then Seb Wessel asks a really interesting question. So he says, interested in what you make of Marsh's in-game tweaks, debates over the initial setup aside, do we think he makes appropriate response, uh, appropriate changes in response to the opposition in game state, and if not, what would we like to see from him? I don't think he does. I don't think the changes that he makes have any 
particular thing in mind. I think it's just what I do on Football Manager. Actually, this this player right. this player's playing bad. Let's put someone else on. And there's nothing in mind other than that. Uh, trying to get someone else on the pitch, see if they can do something different. And mm. I, I don't, I, I haven't seen any changes which were specifically focused with trying to do something differently. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I, I know, I don't see anything particular which has been in, a, in, a, in response to something which the opposition has maybe done, other than possibly a push against Newcastle when he brought on Rasmus when mm. Alan St. Maximan came on. Um, he tried to bring on Rasmus to deal with St. Maximan and he didn't deal with St. Maximan. <laughs> but yes, uh, what Seb says, no, I don't think he does. And what I would like to see more is bringing on players who are going to do something different. I know we are lim- limited in the players we have got at our disposal, mm. but I would like to see just... Different time. It's always the same thing. It's um, recently before he's left. It was click on at 60th minutes for the final 30. Then in the final 10 minutes, it's Joffe. It feels more like scripted things rather than responding to what's going on in the game. I agree. I agree. It, yeah, I agree entirely with that. I think it's um, the 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 changes and don't feel like they're proactive and designed for that game in mind. They just feel like they're, they're what's planned from before the game. And unless mm-hmm. there's an injury, unless there's an injury, he's going to, he's going to make the subs, the same subs at round about the same time in every game. So Sam Greenwood's going to come on at some point. Um, and, and playing midfield, Click's going to probably come on or was going to come on at some point. And like you say, he might change one of the wingers, might bring Joffe on. Um, but but it's all it's all very very predictable, um, and um, you know there there are rarely kind of um, changes which which yeah like you say are designed to win that specific game. Um, so that that I I I agree with with you entirely there. Um, okay, um, where shall we go next? Okay, yeah, I think I think there are, before we go on to talk about what Matthias Click might mean to you um, Martin um, just regarding the Matthias Click move um, Gary Darren asks uh, Marsh indicated um, that we've got sufficient quality in the squad to cover Click's departure is that a realistic appraisal or does he really mean that it's a budget issue? Well I don't think we have anyone with Click's profile in the squad Um mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very unique in what he he offered to us when he did, he does come on to games, and no, I don't think that we have someone to cover him. But mm. with the way that Marsh is using him, in yes, we probably do have the cover for what Marsh used him for, which isn't anything in particular. Because if he saw yeah. that Ma- that Click was making a positive impact on games, he would have given him more starts than what he has done. So he has yeah. so he clearly hasn't been massively impressed with what Click has offered. He just liked to keep him there because he's a good option in case he had a couple of injuries and and then he would have played him. Which mm. yeah, I don't I think it it's not a, I don't think it's a budget issue. I just think it's that he feels that he can cover them in the squad. But yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, I I agree, I agree. I think I think that um I I don't think we've got a like for like replacement for Click. Uh, in the squad I agree but I also like you don't think that that's what Marsh wants No, <clears throat> I, I don't think he wants that at all because he doesn't want his midfielders to do things like finding space between the lines and looking for smart passes and making rotations in wide areas that's 
And, and, and I know it sounds like I'm being sarcastic and, and cynical when I say that, but genuinely, that's why I, I don't think he wants those things from his midfielders. Um, what he wants are, you know, the, the things that, that Tyler Adams and, and, and Rocker do and what Sam Greenwood does when he sits in that area, which is to hold a pretty central space, hold a pretty deep space, um, and be ready to counter press and to, you know, kind of find those direct through balls. And we know, that, that those aren't Click's game. Just so happens that I enjoy what Click does more myself mm-hmm. personally, yeah. um, and would would pay to watch Click over you know most of those players uh, in a heartbeat. But um, but yeah, it just it just does feel like like you know that it it might be that um, Darko JB gets more time around the first team and gets gets bumped bumps up the rankings. He's not the same player, no. not by any stretch of the imagination. But I suspect that that's probably what will end up seeing and it means probably means more minutes for Greenwood um, and particularly with Forshaw currently um, being injured uh, again um, you know I think I, I I do think we are struggling for cover a little bit um, but we'll, I, I guess we'll have to see how we go on um, okay let let us um, before we before we draw this to a close let us talk a little bit about my taste click so in the summer um, when we when we were still running the um, the Patreon, uh, um, Josh, Adam, and I recorded uh, a podcast um, talking about our love of of Matthias Click when it looked like he was about to move on in the summer. And in fact, he didn't. He stayed around for a, a little bit longer. But I think much of what we said in that podcast still is very relevant. But you weren't on that podcast, Martin. No, and you didn't get you didn't get chance to talk about about Click. So I'd like to give you the opportunity now to tell me about some of your favourite memories, about what Matthias Click as a player uh, for Leeds uh, has meant to you over the last few years. Oh, well, it's a, it's a tough it's a tough one for me because I really, really... He's been one of the players since Bielsa came in who, from the first game, he just captured my imagination as to what a midfielder can do. And just the things that he does on the pitch... Uh, just unique in a way. He's got one of the best football IQs I've I've seen in the way he occupies space. He's always able to be somewhere um, dangerous, so he can have a passing option from a teammate, or he can pass the ball forwards, do a little triangle of passes with his wide teammates, and on the pitch, he's just great. I just love what he does on the pitch, and on top of all the the, the off ball and passing stuff, his goals as well. Uh, so, so many. Of the twenty-yard or thirty-yard goals, just they're so great, <laughs> and just he brings out a lot of emotion in me. And at full time, when I saw him in tears, uh, I couldn't cope. Yeah. I, I mm. couldn't <laughs> because I knew it was coming soon. I knew there was rumours that this that may have been his last game, but it wasn't hundred percent confirmed until I saw that man's face. Covered in tears, red eyes. I knew then that was the moment that he was at his final game. And mm. yeah, it made me sad because he's a unique character, not only on what he brings to the pitch, he is just full of character. Just, I mean, what other player do you know who can graffiti tag, graffiti tag out the stadium that they play in? And mm. it looks as amazing as what his does. That's just, that's just mm. a very unique set of talents that that man's got. And mm. there's the little witticisms that he shows on Twitter and in in the middle of games. Just 
everything about about the man is is we want, as Pep said in the infamous thing, we can't replace him. We cannot. We cannot replace him. <laughs> no, no, we cannot. I no. I I I I I've really enjoyed. I've really really enjoyed watching watching Click over the last few years, and and for me, he'll be always um, central to. to you know the the three three most uh, enjoyable years I've had um, as a Leeds fan, and that includes times when we've won trophies and and got to Champions League semi finals and, and all the rest of it. But but for me, the the Bielsa period in the Championship in that first season in the Premier League is is the most enjoyable time I've ever had as a Leeds fan. And Mate's click was absolutely central to it throughout. Um, just uh, just a lovely footballer to watch. Um, Always made the right decision. Didn't always get the the execution of that decision right by any stretch of the imagination. But I always felt like he made the right decision. Mm. Always played an intelligent game. Used you know wonderful appreciation of space. Um, incredibly hard worker, and uh, I just wish him all the best in his, in his future. Uh, future career um, in 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 the MLS, and hope that he has some fun out there, and that maybe he doesn't have to run quite so hard for the next few years. Because uh, I suspect that it's taken quite the toll uh, on on his body as well. So um, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Matthias. Yep, thank you. Right then, on that emotional note, having spent the last thirty minutes complaining, uh, I'm glad to have ended it on a on a on a high but sad <laughs> no um we we will be back um with a, a preview of the next um league fixture i'm hoping also that we will be able to upload to the main feed the 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 Mateus click podcast that we did uh, in the, in the summer because i think it is it is still worth really worth listening to um and we will be back um before friday the 13th of january with a preview of the aston villa away game um and we may touch on what happens in the uh fa cup game on sunday away at cardiff which always ends well as we know that fixture always ends well for leeds oh yes um, N- nothing nothing yep. to worry about there nothing to worry about. nothing nothing to worry about that at all um but other than that um i shall say goodbye for now dear listener um do enjoy the cardiff game and we'll speak to you soon catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.